Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. My name is Richard Sverson and today we're in the beautiful and sunny city of Helsinki. And it's my great pleasure to have with me Anni Mikkonen from the Wind Power Association. Welcome Anni. Thank you. And Annie Annie Patronen from Poiri. I, I probably pronounced that uh, wrongly, but uh, but welcome to you as well, Yeni. Thank you. I think we can kick off to talk about wind, Annie. I was looking at some figures yesterday, and um, very little new additions last year in Finland. What was the reason behind that? Well, there was actually no added capacity coming online last year because there was a change in mm-hmm. the support mechanisms. Earlier mm-hmm. in in 2015, actually, was the change made. The last projects that were able to to access to the feeding tariff mm-hmm. came online in 2017. Okay. And in 2017, the electricity market price in Finland was still rather low, and yeah. the production costs of wind power were so high mm. that you could not really invest in wind without governmental subsidy. Okay. But now the situation is totally changed mm. because the electricity market price has gone up mm. and the production costs have been keeping coming down. Mm-hmm. And um, now we have something like 520 megawatts under construction without governmental subsidy. Okay, this so, is this year, so far this year? Uh, yeah, this year, yeah, they are under construction. Some of them are coming online next year, most mm-hmm. of them coming online this year. Okay. But there's like 25% increase in the capacity without mm-hmm. subsidy now. That, that this is, And we're talking onshore wind, mostly. Onshore, onshore wind. wind. So this could... This could boost Finnish wind power capacity by what's currently about 1.7 gigawatts, is it, installed wind capacity in Finland? A little bit over 2,000. Okay, 2,000 megawatts. Yes. So, so this is this is 25%, as you say, yes. a, a addition. So that's quite substantial. Jenny, do you agree with this view that this is basically because of the move from a subsidy to a tender system that's that caused maybe... Last year, the slowdown in wind power growth, but this year, with as Annie said, with the market price increasing and the production cost or the marginal cost of wind power coming down, this has boosted wind in Finland. Yes, I think that the situation has changed, as Ami mm. just described, so mm. kind of radical change in the situations. Before this, I think there was also kind of a bit of waiting with what happens with this new scheme for that, the support scheme for the wind, and, and that, that kind of many projects were waiting if they get accepted to the new system. But at the same time, there were a lot of projects looking for PPA off-takers and, and kind of being built and, uh, or the investment decisions being made mm. made on the merchant basis. Okay, we'll, co- we'll come back to PPAs, I think, because that's quite an interesting sort of financing model for, for wind power. But why is Finland attractive for, for wind power developments? Would you say, uh, Jenny? Well, I think the Nordics in general are very attractive, mm. Mm. and uh, and Finland is is kind of part of that. Uh, Sweden and Norway have better sites, but uh, Finland as well has a very good very good wind sites, and it's not as developed yet as a market as, as Sweden. So mm. so there's a lot of opportunities here mm. in Finland to invest in wind. Mm. Would you agree with that? Yes. So, so, so why is Finland then attractive for investors, would you say, compared to its neighbouring markets? I agree with everything that Jenny said, mm-hmm. but I would like to add that 
We have very little height restrictions in Finland, okay. meaning mm. that you can use the state-of-the-art technology, mm-hmm. so highest highest possible turbines to access to more or stronger winds. Mm-hmm. And um, as Jenny said, uh, we have fairly little of capacity so far, meaning that uh, there's a lot of space in Finland. Mm-hmm. Like the land area is about the same size as Germany, mm. and there's only 5.5 million of Finns around. Mm. In Germany, there's like 82 million of, of Germans. So there's plenty of space. We have mm. good grid mm-hmm. and good locations, as Jenny said. Yeah. And what, what are the wind conditions like here? Uh, for the newest technology, fairly good. Mm-hmm. That you have, you can see quite remarkable capacity factors mm-hmm. in the newest wind farms in Finland. Mm-hmm. So you're saying um, you can have the very high turbines, but you can also have the, the up to five megawatts per turbine. Is it um, is that that's what could be built? Yeah, at the moment, most of the Turbines under construction are between four and five megawatts, mm-hmm. um, but there's the capacity of the turbines is not limited by the authorities. So you can use that technology that suits to the area best. Okay, and you you mentioned the production cost or the marginal cost. Could you give us a bit more, a few more details there, Andy? Well. Um, It's difficult for me to talk about prices mm. because I am representing a, an association of that course, is lobbying yeah. for wind power. But mm. of course, I can repeat what is said in the newspapers already mm. in Finland. So you have seen last autumn several uh, interviews in the newspapers where the producers have said that you can sign a PPA with less than 35 euros per megawatt hour mm. with the best wind power sites in Finland. Mm-hmm. So that makes it very competitive. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it does. We've seen countries and other areas where there's been a lot of vocal opposition to wind. Certainly now, it's a there's a big movement in in Norway to try and halt, you know, onshore wind in in the western parts near near Trondheim. Is this an issue in Finland, Jenny? Well, as Anni said, that we have a lot of space in in Finland, but for sure, there's also also kind of position for wind mm. uh, wind in in Finland as well and and there's always someone has a summer cottage some somewhere mm, somewhere mm. but uh, but it uh, typically just uh, addresses a few persons and, and not that uh, that big crowd of people mm. as, as in many other countries but mm. uh, but uh, yes I think that that should be taken into account okay so is this nimbyism or is it more is it more serious than that Annie? I mean um, You know the opposition for someone, maybe because they have the summer house or local residents. Is is this preventing the the, the growth of wind in Finland? Uh, well, I wouldn't like to call or, or use the word nimby mm. in in as as such because mm. usually those people who are opposing a wind farm somewhere they usually have or they are the, the concerns and worries are real for them. So. Mm. Uh, what we like to emphasize is that it really depends on the project developers and the municipalities to have they should have an open dialect with the mm. people mm. to really to really take into account their worries to answer to their worries mm. but of course you can't just make everybody happy wind power is as any other big 
project that there's of course there's always somebody who is not happy with it mm. and that should be also accepted what's the main concern is it because of the natural world is it because of the way it looks or is it a danger to, to birds or is it the noise or what, what are the main concerns well i think the most discussion that we've had in finland has been about noise mm-hmm. that people are concerned uh, mm. about the noise then of course the big thing is of course that if if your turbine if if the tip height of it is over 200 meters to or to even 250 meters as are the highest mm-hmm. turbines under construction right now you can't really hide it mm-hmm. and so it will change the scenery mm-hmm. and then we'll discuss about the birds mm-hmm. of course and bats mm-hmm. yeah absolutely How about offshore wind? Is that is that discussion at all in in Finland? There are several projects under development. Mm-hmm. The first offshore wind farm was constructed in 2017, mm-hmm. so we have one mm-hmm. offshore wind already farm. there in place. Yes, yeah, 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 excellent. But um, as onshore wind can be constructed without governmental subsidy right now, mm. offshore wind is not yet there. Mm. It would need some financial push. Mm. from the government and that we are still lacking. Okay. But what was good to see was in the nearly published governmental program that there were several sentences about offshore wind in it. Okay, interesting, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned PPAs earlier. Is this is this likely to to boost wind even greater in in Finland? We've seen a lot of growth in or a lot of PPAs related to wind in in Sweden and in Norway and also other countries you know mm-hmm. from the UK to to Spain to 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 France but how about Finland what what's what's the status here well we have seen the first uh, first PPAs to be be signed and uh, and uh, but i think the Finnish market is, is still developing from mm. that that perspective that we have a lot of developers and and uh, kind of very very attractive PPAs would be available to my understanding but the off taker market part is, is not uh, not yet mm-hmm. so so developed so there are kind of a few off takers who are who are active and uh, and the kind of for for the finnish um, energy users uh, and for the energy utilities this is something new and they they are kind of many are still kind of considering mm. how how they should uh, think about the ppas mm. is this uh, is something that they can go on with or or is it not for them so uh, I think this it makes it a bit slower in mm. Finland but I, I assume that they will develop the market because of the very attractive uh, prices uh, mm. we see and, and if you think about what your, your view on the on the electricity price for uh, next 10 years then I would assume that uh, prices below 35 are quite reasonable <laughs> absolutely quite attractive uh, but who are the companies that are interested in this because we've seen both the combination of sort of industrial firms you know big aluminium producers to also you know the googles the amazons so who 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 is sort of interested in the ppa market in in, in finland well i think publicly there's uh, google and ikea in, as well in finland but uh, we're very kind of specific Finnish thing is that that we have this mankala model model where many of the of the large uh, 
energy users are kind of their own capacity from uh, from um, nuclear plants to, uh, through mm. Mankala model, for example, or they. This is a fin- very Finnish phenomenon, isn't it? Mankala, is it? Yeah. So with the, with this kind of model, they they get a share of the of the um, electricity capacity in nuclear or some other CHP plants as well, and uh, and then they have the electricity price. Uh, fixed uh, for for sourcing electricity. Does that reduce the incentive then to get involved in, in PPAs or to sign long-term deals with, with renewables, uh, renewables producers or yeah, developers? Well, it, it could be, but uh, on the other hand, they should be then more familiar with this kind of uh, mm. uh, long-term contracts. But uh, mm. I think they still see PPAs as uh, something a bit different than, mm. than them. Mankala model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one has to keep in mind that there are actually several uh, Mankala companies also in wind power. So okay. um, while we are talking about PPAs, mm-hmm. it's are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's now uh, some 13 projects under construction. Mm-hmm. And one of them in Finland, is yeah. in Finland. Yeah. One of them is done with Mankala model mm-hmm. and all the rest with PPA. Mm-hmm. But Still, um, they are Mangala companies, and we are waiting for them to maybe invest mm. also in mm. coming years. Absolutely, yeah. The energy mix very sort of nuclear dominated with CHP. Would do you think the growth in renewables will reduce the need for for sort of imports at peak times from from Russia or from from Sweden or from the Baltics? Well, um, that remains to be seen because mm. you know. Um, Maybe some twenty percent of our electricity production is still done with fossil fuels mm. in Finland. So mm. of course, wind will first replace that mm. as long as the electricity in our neighbors is cheaper than the electricity in Finland. Of course. Yeah. So first, we'll replace the more expensive fossil fuels, mm. and only after that, the imports. Yeah, we, we've seen a new government taking shape here in Finland. How will that impact the energy mix here? Kind of first impressions of the of the government program was that that they they have a very ambitious targets, but but they also rely on the markets, like mm. uh, saying for onshore wind that that uh, they see that no no support is is needed and peat mm. uh, which is also specific fuel in in Finland yeah. there wasn't anything kind of so so clearly defined uh, target for that but mm. uh, but that the markets will uh, will lead to decreasing use of of peat uh, as well so i think that the government uh, seems to seems to kind of quite a lot rely on on markets if i think about it from the electricity mm. electricity sector side and, and I think this so the government is very market based it's looking at or, or has market mechanisms as a part of its core policy issues or you know um, tenants yes I think so although you wouldn't assume that this government is so, so much relying <laughs> on the on the market mm. uh, market development but mm. uh, but I think from the electricity market perspective it is it is quite a lot there wasn't any kind of clear restrictions or on anything or or introduction mm. of any any kind of support schemes or mm. anything like that but you mentioned peat i mean peat you know it's a, it's a very finnish phenomenon in a way it's used in chp plants mostly yes. um, and do you expect that to slowly be phased out then? yes yeah 
Yes, because of the of the emissions trading scheme. So okay. the higher CO two price drives uh, biomass. Uh, okay, we, there's some conference going off now. I can hear it in the background, yeah, but no, please don't let me disturb you. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, because of the price of of emitting uh, the CO two, it'll be phased out just in that way, rather than direct policy intervention. Yes, yes. Of course, kind of on CHP side, then uh, the fuel taxes also impact mm-hmm. impact the competitiveness of different fuels. So, mm. so I understand that the government is going to increase the fossil fuel taxes, and quite likely something will happen with peat mm. taxation as well, which will, of course, also then increase the the kind of impact of. Or you have the together the taxes and the CO2 cost, uh, cost mm. which, which will drive the development to, to replace fossil fuels and peat with uh, biomass. Mm-hmm. Will it happen in the next few years or by 2025 or 2030, do you think? I mean, when can yes. Finland be fossil fuel free, if you like? Well, I think it's uh, it's already kind of happening. It depends on the location, on the investment needs mm. in each location. How you can replace fossil fuels with uh, with biomass, mm. and and kind of there are the large cities which need to make make a larger investments mm. to be able to to get rid of fossil fuels. But in many many locations, you can just increase the share of biomass and mm. you use the CHP plants. Well, we have now the, the the previous government made the decision to to phase out out coal by 2029. Mm. So that will that that's still be. still there. That's yes. important. Yeah. Do you see the new government as being very wind friendly, Anne? If I dare say, I would say that it's more wind friendly than the last government that mm-hmm. we had, the previous government that we had. Mm. The governmental program has got ambition on reducing. CO2 emissions. The the government is saying that we should be the first carbon neutral country, mm-hmm. which is a quite an ambitious target when you look at, for example, what Danes are doing and Swedes are doing. Mm. There are several sentences concerning wind that are rather good, like um, trying to, for example, find out how we could help out the offshore wind mm-hmm. industry and what to do with planning and permitting to make it easier mm-hmm. to develop to speed up to speed up the growth yeah yeah. Mm. yeah so yes i would say that they are fairly positive finland's very dominated by by nuclear power as well it's a very prominent part can nuclear and wind happily coexist in the energy mix are they a good combination would you say on it Well, of course, both of them are such that with nuclear and with wind power, you need a lot of flexibility mm. in the market mm. for different reasons. Mm. The other one is a steady production, and the other one is then intermittent production. Mm. And both of them need flexibility, like mm. demand response, uh, interconnections to other countries to balance the situation. Mm. With these amounts of, of capacity that we have, mm. nuclear, and that is coming online, eventually. <laughs> we don't know when, but hopefully yeah, next but year, maybe yeah. we'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There can be a significant increase in, on wind power mm. without the system suffering of it. 
Okay. But as said, we need flexibility. So that's a, that could be a limit on the growth of wind power. Then you need you need something in the system to to manage the flexibility because you can't drive nuclear plants up and down in the same way to meet wind power production. Is that what you're uh, saying? Well, I'm, I'm not really saying that it's because of nuclear. In 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 general, when you okay. have okay. intermittent yeah. production, mm, mm. you need flexibility in the mm. system, mm. like you do in Denmark, in in Ireland, where you have a lot of wind. Absolutely. It's same everywhere. So that could come in demand side response, it could come in batteries, it yes. could be yeah, all, all that. Yeah. Kind of, all that's going to make. Uh, Yanni, do you have a, a view on this, on wind and nuclear coexisting in, in the Finnish energy mix? Yes, of course, it's not a kind of perfect match, mm. <laughs> but uh, but I don't see this uh, as being a major problem in the market. Market, so we have good interconnections to to the neighboring countries, and, and kind of there's so much uh, hydro capacity in. Uh, Norway, Sweden, that really kind of balances the, the market uh, here as well. Quite easily, I would say, like mm. compared to many many other countries. Mm. And like when we do the market modeling for kind of with a lot of wind in the mm. market, we see that, that uh, the kind of the role of hydro from from the Nordic market, that, that balances the, mm. the... When there's a dry year, that could be more of a challenge. If the hydro reservoirs or stocks are low in Sweden and Norway, then that poses maybe more challenges for, for the Finnish system. Well, that that is true, but but still, I uh, think it's it's not going to be a huge uh, huge problem here. Mm. And mm. Uh, and uh, of course, we need also these uh, other sources of flexibility, like demand side mm. response. And I think it's it's developing very well and actually you don't need it so much uh, to kind of balance this this market so mm, so mm. i'm very optimistic that we get the flexibility to the system are you equally optimistic that Oculoco 3 could come on uh, next year Jenny? <laughs> i'm not sure if i <laughs> if i should comment on this. <laughs> neither one of us has got a crystal ball. No, so of course, of course. No, it's, it's hard to say, but yes. it's been, you know, con- considering what's happening elsewhere. I think uh, the EPR in China has just come online, but uh, in France and, and Alcaluto, the Flammable in France and Alcaluto, mm. we, we're still waiting to see what happens here. But does Finland need new reactors or can it cope with being interconnected to the Nordic market with increasing amounts of wind and and maybe the flexibility that demand side and batteries could could uh, could add to the system does it does it need these big centralized units well it depends on who is the like who would need it is it finland as a as a country but mm. as i mentioned this this kind of Mankala model that we have a lot of energy users and energy utilities who seem to kind of who are interested in, in developing new nuclear nuclear mm. to Finland and and with the, that kind of model we can we can see it mm. coming coming online so it's the, there is it kind of this kind of big mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, national wide plan mm-hmm. on on what is mm-hmm. best best for Finland but but if the the owners see it, it uh, as an interesting investment opportunity then yeah, why not and if they're willing to pay i suppose that's that's the key ele- element exactly. isn't it yeah absolutely. so so Annie, do you think finland can be co2 neutral by 2035 or when was, was the initial plan 2029 was it or no i have to say that i can't remember now from the governmental mm. program what was the year they will phase out coal by 2029 mm. no, no. but yes. i can't remember what was the it's carbon neutral was it 2034 35 yes, yes okay. but, but of course then you take into account 
discount to carbon sinks mm. as well, and that has a big impact on, on yeah. that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I is that realistic? That yeah, I, I would say that we really have to when mm. you look at the climate change. Mm. It's just we just can't neglect it. Mm. So, so there's pressure coming from Greta Thunberg and lots of you know from from the population at large that is is forcing us to to make this green transition maybe maybe quicker than uh, than the politicians have seen or, yeah. or, or taken taken into account. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much, Annie and Yeni, for for joining the Montel Pod today. Thanks to you for inviting us. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. That's all from Helsinki. Please follow us, all the latest news on Montel News and also on social media, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you. Goodbye.